The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome everyone. This is a new show. You might have heard it being promoted on the radio. This is the youth cast with myself. Hussamuddin Ali and my co-host Mohsin Khalid. Yes, Assalamu Alaikum. Yes, it's our new show. It's called The Youth Cast. And essentially what it is, it'll be a youth perspective on hot topics. Things that are sort of, you could say, trending in terms of news, current affairs. And just general topics which can and have affected the youth. So we'll be inviting guests in relation to various topics. Today, there is no guest because we want to use this first show as a way to introduce ourselves. So, Hussam, a little bit of background info. Obviously, my name is Hussamuddin Ali, but you could just call me Hussam. It's going to be quite complicated for some people. So my name is Hussam and I'm 17 years old and I go to Luton Sixth Form College. We're there, I study IT and business. Yep, my name is Mohsin Khalid. I'm also 17. And I also go to Luton Sixth Form. Uh, I do physics, maths and sociology A-level. And yeah, it's challenging, I'll say, one way of putting it. So how's, in terms of college, how's it been treating you so far? I mean, I'm new, it's my first year. You're a second year student. Yeah. You'll be a bit more experienced, so how's it been? Yeah, I mean, in terms of college, you know, it's, it's, it's been good, you know. Last year, I haven't been college that much because of, you know, Corona, lockdown. Yeah. We had basically, mostly, it was all online. So I used to go, I used to go like once a week and the rest of my lessons were all online. On the, I used to have online lessons. But yeah, so far college has been good. I'm nearly finishing college now. I'm going to end in, in around May, June time. That's where all my coursework and my exams all finish. That's good, that's good. I mean, in terms of college for me, I've been here for a full term now, just started my second term. Mm. It is not as not as hard as I first thought it'd be. I mean, originally, at the end of year 11, I was thinking about going to college, you know, I was really worried. I was thinking, yeah. you know, you know, year 11's been a relatively tough experience with yeah, COVID and everything. Yeah. College is going to be a lot worse because of, you know, we've missed stuff. But, you know, the college have been really good in terms of sort of introducing us to the whole academic side of A-levels. Yeah. And in terms of just support, I think that's one thing that Luton Sixth Form College is really good at. So, yeah, A-levels have been interesting. You know, I'm not here to say, you know, they're walking the park. There are some parts of A-levels, if you're taking A-levels, which can be challenging, of course. Yeah. As with sort of any part of education, there is some element of hard work, which is associated in terms of success, if you want to succeed. But, alhamdulillah, it's been alright so far. Alhamdulillah. Hopefully we can continue this way. So, now we've introduced ourselves, introduced what we do, what we're studying. How's your week been? My week? Oh, it's been very hectic, I would say. Hectic? Yeah, meaning that I have sort of, as I'm drawing closer to my end times of my college, I've been given a load work of assignments. Now, that is a lot for me because I have to basically do one assignment in one week and roughly I have to do like 6,000 words per assignment, which is very long. And having one week to do it, I don't think it's enough. I mean, I can't really relate. I haven't really done assignment-based tasks in terms of education. Even for GCSE, I didn't really do any coursework, you could say. It, wasn't, it was more exam-based. And I feel like even now for A-levels, everything I do is exam-based. So mm-hmm. you'll get taught something, you'll get tested on it, I suppose, examined on it. But you, 6,000-word uh, assignment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, too much, man. You know, you've got two, two ends of the spectrum. You've got one which is getting, you know, tested in terms of exams, and then you've got coursework. No, but... Yeah. For me, I would, I would prefer to have coursework, because my time in secondary was was very hard. 
like because it was all exams, GCSEs, and it was way too much pressure for me. And Alhamdulillah, I did pass my GCSEs though. Alhamdulillah, I got through them. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, it's good, it's good. Yes, but yeah, for me, I would say doing coursework for me is better than doing exams. Coursework, it's good. I mean, I'd say I'm more of an exam type person. Suppose I do well exams. Obviously, sometimes in the lead up to the exams, I'll say I can put myself under a bit of pressure. You know, I can get a bit anxious, but um, that's part of trying your best to succeed. You will be a bit stressed, anxious, but it does pay off. So if any youth out there listening, if you're in year 11, if you're doing your A-levels right now in a similar situation to me, uh, it does pay off. Any hard work you do, any sort of anxiety you put yourself through, it will pay off. Yeah, definitely. So just make sure you keep persevering and working hard. Yeah, keep working hard. Listen to your teachers. Trust me, they know what they're talking about. So, my week. Well, it's been a good week, I'd say. I mean, in terms of exams, the last exams we did were mm. in December, trial exams, and they went pretty well. Now it's just about them introducing us to some maybe more difficult topics, so we're moving on mm. in terms of physics and maths. But yeah, it's been fun. So, so with, in terms of exams... Have you had any exams this week? This week, I actually haven't. But I think in the coming weeks, I will. So it's just about, you know, getting into that routine again. You know, being a bit, being yeah. a bit lazy over the holidays. So you better revise then. Start revising your exa- for the exam. Yeah, you need to start revising. So we've been talking about a lot about college. But, I mean, that's not all you want to talk about. It's a youth show. We want to get the youth involved, get them yeah, interested. True. So, in terms of hobbies, what do you like doing? What do you like spending your spare time doing? So, in my spare time, I love, I love playing football. Football? Yes. Good. I'm a huge... Not, I wouldn't say huge. I'm not a fan of... I'm not that much into, like, you know, football in, like, the clubs and stuff like this. But, for Fo- the record, I would say I'm a... I'm an Arsenal fan. You're an Arsenal fan? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you've chosen the wrong person to mention football to because I don't really watch football, don't really play it. It's not really my thing. I'd say say cricket definitely is more my thing. I like playing cricket, watching cricket, everything to do with cricket. (laughs) In a roundabout way of putting it, yeah. I like cricket, so that's my main hobby. But to be honest, recently, maybe not been spending that much time focusing on Doing well in terms of college. Yeah, and we're going back to talking about college again. <laughs> but yes, yeah, cricket, I'd say. Also, just a side note, you know, you've been talking about how you spend your spare time watching football when you're playing yeah. football. We've also got Hafiz Saab with us. Hafiz Hassan So yeah, I mean, that must take up some of your time, you know, going back over what you've learned, doing sort of door of what you've learned, yeah. making sure you don't forget anything because that, I mean... You probably know more than me, but I'd argue that's maybe one of the more important aspects of doing hifs, making sure you haven't forgotten. You yeah, think? in terms of hifs, yeah, alhamdulillah, I was able to complete my hifs. That's good, that's good, mashallah, mashallah. Last year, August. Last year, August, right. So Yeah, it took me around four or five years. That's good, that's good. Quite, kind of long, but obviously in the beginning years, I didn't try hard. I was, you know, going up and down, missing days off mustard, and... You know, messing around, I would say. But then, closer to time, like, for the past two years, I've been focusing and wanting to become a half. He's wanting to achieve that goal. It's good, you know, seeing that end goal. Yeah. So, yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, in terms of reading, yeah, I go to Maktab on Mondays to Thursdays. Every Monday yeah. to Thursdays for two hours. And, and most of the times I read, I read on Saturdays and Sundays. Well, that's good. It's for like two, three hours. So, I know you've been talking about how it's been during HIFS. Mm-hmm. How has it been after HIFS? So, in terms of, you know, going over, do you think it's been, you know, good? Do you think it's been... What, what would, would you argue that it's harder, possibly? No, I, would, I wouldn't really say it's harder. I think it goes easier as, as you've already read that, that part. You've already read the Quran. By doing obviously we don't only just read 
like Subak and industrial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. also, while reading Subak, every day you read your door and to your teacher, like a quarter, half, how much your teacher wants you to read yeah, and yeah. how much you're capable of uh, reading. So, yeah, so after, after, I've complete, uh, after I completed it, obviously, then I started going on my door, which I think is, it should be. It, it's, for me, it was, it was a bit easy. It's more easier as I already know that part. I've yeah, you already, read, you already read it before. Yeah, I've already just, read it before, yeah. It's just refreshing your memory. Yeah, that's it, that's it. But obviously for those, like, like if you, if you want to become a Hafiz, you should always go over it. Like, try not missing any days. Yeah, that's some like, advice out there for every any... Every day, yeah. and ins- inshallah, you'll never forget it. Yeah, that's, that's some always advice. Always take your time, always take your time. That's some advice for any sort of aspiring Hafizes out there. Listen to our Hafiz Sab's advice. <laughs> he's experienced, he knows what he's talking about, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mashallah, you know, he's on his hips. So, yeah, like he's, like Osama said, you know, if you're trying to do hips, just persevere, make sure you keep attending mosque, and yeah, it'll pay off in the end. So, we've talked about ourselves, what we do, introduce a show. And, you know, like I said at the start, this is a show essentially given the youth's perspective. It's called the youth cast because it is in sort of a more conversational style. So we can, sort youth, of, yeah, so we can relate to the youth maybe. And yeah, so today's topics, you know, this is the first show. We don't want to be too full on straight away. We haven't got a guest for today's show, but we will be talking about two hot topics. So as I said before, current affairs and topics. So our topics for today are two interesting topics, two contrasting topics. And the first topic we'll be discussing now is about Boris Johnson's parties. Yes. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting topic. It's been in the news. And yeah. So what do you think? What's your opinion on this whole sort of scandal going on? So my opinion towards Boris Johnson is that while we were all in lockdown, while we were all, you know, some self-isolating, some still stuck at home, doing work from home, college, wh- whatever you are doing at you know, home. we had to shift our whole life Basically, yeah, we had to, to our homes. Our, yeah, exactly. And then you hear that Boris Johnson had a party. Not one, multiple parties. He's been oh, having a few. Multiple parties. Okay, so... <laughs> just, to, just to rub the salt in the wound. So, Mohsin, what do you think about this? I think, I mean, it's pretty shocking the way it's been real, essentially, because... You know, he was saying while he was in Parliament, you know, he's our Prime Minister, we should have trust in him. And then he's sort of blatantly, you know, lied to the whole country. You know, he's been saying that he's had no involvement with parties. And I think, in all honesty, he should go. He should have resigned, you know. It's been, it's, it's, been, it's been enough, you know, he's been trying to hold on. But I think really he should resign. You know, this is unacceptable. You know, when you look at the news, you look at articles, and you've been hearing like, you'll hear emotional accounts from people that have said, oh, we haven't, been able to spend as much time with our loved ones and now they're gone yeah. they've died as a result of covid and uh, we didn't get to go to their funeral we didn't get to see them you know yeah. like if if people can't go to the the uh, loved one's funeral and you're there having a party you know that's just on, that's man. just that's, that's just such a big insult i mean to the whole country really you know exactly we've all stuck at home following the rules making sure that you know we're going outside once a day for a little bit of exercise and then he's having work meetings Work meetings, I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't even know what to say. That's just really, it's just really shocking, you know. Yeah. I mean, Boris Johnson, he's never really been in a lot of people's good books, I'll say. But really, we wouldn't expect this from the prime minister of a country. You know, he's been entrusted to lead the country. I mean, through such a difficult time as well. And he's broken that trust. You know, he's taken advantage of, you know, his position in power to sort of abuse the rules. Yeah. Rules that, you know, they were put forward between himself and his cabinet and then they having garden parties together, disguising them as work meetings. And, I mean, and that's just a big, you know, I think it's just a huge insult to the British public that have been following the rules the whole time. Yeah, like you said about having a garden party. Come on, man, that's, that's, that's unacceptable. Like, you have made those rules. Like, you, you're the prime minister. You and your, yeah, your yeah. government people have made this rule. I mean, we've all made such huge sacrifices and is, is it too hard to follow the rules that you've yeah. created you, yourself? you created the rules, man. 
Come on, man. I mean, there's another thing, I mean, particularly within the Muslim community that's sort of angered people and it's been said in Parliament as well by some Muslim MPs that, you know, we were at home during the time of May 2020 is our Eid celebration mm. time. Yeah. So when it was our Eid a couple of days before we've heard, you know, that Boris Johnson has been having parties and we haven't been able to see our families, our loved ones for Eid, you On know. On Eid day, we're stuck at home while we, you know, we've gone out to family houses and eating biryanis and stuff. <laughs> you know, in terms of Muslims, it's the only real big celebration. I mean, you could argue that Ramadan's a celebration, but this is like yeah. a really huge, you know, it means a lot to Muslims, I'll say. It means a lot. I know that was taken of us and majority of Muslims, well, I mean, majority of people abided by the rules, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. And just a few days before Eid, when the government were putting out stay at home for Eid messages, trying to make sure that we stay at home, they were outside Portland. You know, many minorities, yeah. you know, regardless of religion, many ethnic communities that have certain celebrations, certain sort of rituals, you know, you know, regardless of what sort of background they're from, they've had to make sacrifices. I think it's pretty shocking and like upsetting for many people that the people in charge, the people in power, the people that are meant to be sort of, what do you call it, in charge of this country are not following the rules. Yeah, I agree with you, everything you just said there. Yeah, and in fact, of us, when we were in Eid, we couldn't go out. We couldn't do we couldn't do anything, basically, on Eid Day. We literally just saw our, our brothers, sisters, mom, yeah. dad, that's it. Immediate family, that's all, that's all we had. And then, no, I'm just reading these, I've got these news articles open in front of me. And, you know, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot being said, there's a lot being said. And you know, I, I don't think it is true, but in one article I read, it said that Boris Johnson told said that he didn't know that you're not allowed to have a party. I, I mean was, that is just that is just blatant lies. I mean, I just I just I looked at that I was like, that is just that that can't be true. How can you be so sort of ignorant of rules that you've put forward? I mean, I'm just looking at this now, and they're talking about how uh, Boris Johnson is live in Parliament right now. And he's being sort of told by his own Tory ministers to leave. I mean, that just that just paints the whole picture, doesn't it? He's being told by his own sort of supporters, you could say. And they're telling him to leave, essentially. And I think I think he's still trying to he's still trying to hold his ground. But I don't think I don't think he'll be there for that long now. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean. He's trying his best to defend himself, but how can you defend yourself off for doing such a sort of, yeah, he should, such he a sort of be dreadful there, thing? You know, he that's his time's up, man. You had your time. <laughs> now, bye bye. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. So I'm just reading an article here, and it says that he's seen no evidence of blackmail in his party after claims by one of his own MPs. So now this is a new article, a relatively new article. So we've been talking about how he's sort of been having these parties and how they've been coming out. But now we've got a new article claiming that there's been blackmail in his party. So in the Conservative Party, there's been blackmail. And some people are saying that... So yeah, I've just been reading this article and it says here that many MPs have been threatened. Threatened? They've been threatened by members of the Tory party to uh, they've been threatened by members of the Tory party to not release anything which could potentially embarrass the prime minister or so yeah some MPs have been threatened with funding government cuts funding for schools if they do not support the prime minister through that this difficult time the cabinet office minister, Stephen Barclay, who attended the committee, say he'd relate concerns to the government. But that doesn't really fill me with confidence, does it? I mean, after the appearance, Mr Wakeford, who defected to the Labour Party on Thursday, said he'd been threatened into supporting the government. Threatened into supporting the government. I mean, that sort of takes a sort of free will element of democracy away, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just news article after news article, which I mean... Yeah. It's getting really difficult for uh, it's getting really difficult for Boris to have a leg to stand and now he's getting all these claims of there being blackmail in his own party to make sure that the to make sure that the Prime Minister has adequate support to stay in power. I've also I also read this recently today that Sajid Javed said that the Prime Minister won't be leaving time, leaving anytime soon. 
that just shows you, doesn't it, how much confidence they have in their prime minister, or how much support they have for the prime minister, even though he's blatantly in the wrong. I mean, I'll, I was listening to an exchange in the Houses of Parliament between uh, Priti Patel and another MP. I do not remember the name of the MP, but there's an exchange and uh, Priti Patel was, you know, she's made claims before about how people shouldn't be having parties. I remember there was a, there was a certain party, I can't remember where it was, but there was a party, I think during the first lockdown, and the Met Police were enforcing fines, and she was showing how she was in support of the Met Police enforcing fines and making sure that there were adequate sort of punishments for people having parties and breaking mm. rules. And now, you know, it's just sort of, sort of so crazy that she's changed her whole tune. You know, she's gone from being so sort of pro, come on, stop having parties, pro sort of, you know, rejecting parties pro sort of police enforcing restrictions restrictions yeah. uh and uh enforcing fines and now she's you know she's changed the tune and that was brought up in parliament and then sort of she gave a a half full answer i'll say as usual as these mps do you know when they ask a sort of direct question they always try to yeah. revert it back onto other people and i think that's just you know just so like sort of I mean, uh, unprofessional in a way, you know, the MPs, it's their job to be questioned, to, you know, give responses to the questions that have been asked, especially by other constituents who are just trying to sort of make sense of this whole situation. And then she's saying, oh, no, I fully support the prime minister. How can you support the prime minister when he's done the one thing that you sort of were so targeted and you focused a lot of your energy and attention to preventing? Exactly. You know, parties and people hosting these sort of illegal gatherings and now you're sort of in support of the prime minister who's done exactly that the prime minister boris johnson has a party and you're supporting that i don't understand what's going on here the prime minister having a party and then you're backing that up it's like it doesn't make sense it doesn't add up does it you know no it doesn't sort of in terms of you know in terms of parties there weren't i mean there were a few parties which were sort of deemed as illegal and pretty pretend always expressed how those are wrong so yeah, she's sort of changed her tune, hasn't she? Yeah. Yes, yes, she has. But talking about now, going back to Boris Johnson now, like we have Priti Patel backing it up and Sajid Javed backing it up, backing him up. Sorry. So I don't. What's going on in the government? I mean, when they were such sort of strong, keen advocates for promoting rules before, and now they've sort of changed. And I'm just seeing sort of articles coming in now. It says. Prime Minister's favourability score drops again in the latest poll. It just shows, despite, you know, like I said before, about sort of some MPs being sort of threatened into support for the Prime Minister. That obviously hasn't been working. Obviously, those are claims. It hasn't been proven. But So, yeah, this favourability poll that I've just been looking at is for uh, a number of MPs. And they've been... And the Chancellor Rishi Shunak is also there. Priti Patel, our lovely Home Secretary. Uh... So yeah, uh, Boris Johnson hasn't been faring too well in polls lately, and this one is no exception. His favourability has fallen further to minus 39. Minus 39. I mean, it says latest IPSOSMORI poll. I don't know what that means, but I just know that (laughs) minus 39, it doesn't sound too good for him, does it? (laughs) With the equivalent of three in five Britons having an unfavourable opinion. Okay, that makes more sense. Three in five Britons having an unfavourable opinion of him. That is a lot. Come on, man. He's he's going to have to go now, man. He's going to have to go. Three out of five. I mean, it's a democracy. He's a prime minister. He's been entrusted to lead the country through a process of voting. And now when the people have sort of lost all confidence in him and they're not... They don't sort of... They've lost their support for him. They They don't trust him. I don't get how he can possibly remain, you know... Yeah. You know, remain as in his role as prime minister, you know... Three in five Britons, that is a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Yeah. Almost six in ten people believe he is a bad prime minister. <laughs> six in ten six people. Six in ten, that's the majority. So even if they were to form a coalition government... Boris <laughs> Johnson's gone? He's gone. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chancellor Rishi Sunak came out on top as the only politician to have a net positive score. So what that means is Chancellor Rishi Sunak has come out on top, you know, because... I mean, I suppose, yeah. you know, there have been sort of articles being released about him as well as sort of, you know, him maybe being next in line to being prime minister. I mean, yeah. so what do you think? Who do you think should be next if Boris Johnson does end up leaving? Well, What's your opinion? 
I'm not really sure, you know. You, you don't really have sort of trust in anyone. I mean, Rishi, Rishi Sunak, uh, he's a likely candidate, I'd say, to be the Prime Minister. You've also got Priti Patel, possibly Sajid Javid in the running, you know. I'm not too sort of politically yeah. up-to-date or politically knowledgeable, but I do know that from some articles I read that Rishi Sunak could possibly be a candidate. We're coming up to a break now. So we're coming up to a break now and uh, join us after the break and we will be talking about the BTECs being scrapped. Yes, that oh, is, a, that is uh, our second topic. So they've been talking about the government possibly scrapping BTECs. I will sort of be, we'll be giving you our insight about how Luton Sixth Form College has actually been pushing people to sign a petition to stop BTECs being scrapped. So that's our second topic. And also, do leave your opinion. The youth, the show is for you. Give your opinion. And inshallah, we'll see you after the break. Yeah, we'll see you after the break. Assalamu Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Youthcast. This is your host Hussam, and with me is my co-host Mohsin Khadid. Now, before the break. We were talking about Boris Johnson and him having a party. Now that is a very concerning thing as he made a state, stated a rule where we shouldn't be gathering together and ha- basically uh, having parties where there was social distancing and all of this involved. So Mohsen Khalid, what do you think about this? I mean, we were talking about it before the break and yeah, we were talking about how it's pretty shocking and how you know what he was doing is wrong. Everyone can understand that it's wrong from the rules that he set out. And yeah, you know, it's just... Talking about how people are losing faith in this government based on what our prime minister is doing, pretty pretty shocking stuff. And obviously, we were also talking about you no know, some concepts of who could possibly be the new prime minister. Obviously, nothing's been confirmed yet, but yeah, it's a possibility. So, uh, like I said uh, before, we concluded the first part of the show before the break. Our second topic for this week's show is concerning about how there's a possibility of BTEX being scrapped. I mean, taking out the education system, obviously post-16, you know, many students, you know, some people, they're not as confident or they feel like they don't fit into the sort of A-level type of education style, you could say. Um, But it has been announced that in 2024, the government are aiming to scrap most BTECs and replacing them with an equivalent qualification of T-levels. So you'll have A-levels and T-levels. So... uh, yeah, pretty shocking stuff. And I'm just looking at some news article that says here from MPs that it's reckless to scrap BTEX. I mean, that pretty that sort of statement just to say it all because from the stats, uh, BTEC the students taking BTEX equates to two hundred and sixty thousand young people. I mean, that's a lot of people. I mean, if you're taking away their sort of vision of how they see themselves after school. In terms of education, they see themselves taking BTECs and you're taking that away from them, you know, and then replacing them with a qualification that no one's ever heard of before. You know, it's not a tried and tested form of education. And yeah, and 260,000 people, that's a third of people taking level three qualifications. So level three qualifications are A-levels and BTECs. They equate to the same sort of importance. And then, yeah, a third of people. That is pretty, that is pretty, pretty shocking. Yeah, talking about BTEC, now for me, as I currently go to college on my last year, so for me, BTEC is what, what I'm good at. So when it came to exams doing GCSEs, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't really good at doing GCSEs. Like, alhamdulillah, I did pass them, but for me, exams wasn't it. So, so talking about when he's saying that they're going to scrap BTEC, now, like a lot of people that I know, they're, they're not good at doing exams like me. So they're all doing BTECs. And, and the people, uh, if you take away BTEC, that's going to be a huge problem for those that aren't able to do exams. Yeah, I can understand because, you know, some people, they don't see themselves taking exams or as they went through high school, exams, you know, weren't for them. Maybe they yeah. found themselves being under that pressure of, you know, this exam is going to decide what grade I get. Maybe that's not for them. Maybe a sort of 
different approach to education, like BTEC, where it's more coursework based, and your grade increases and progresses over time, the more effort you put in. You know, maybe that that is a bit better for a lot of young people, or maybe sort of labour and skill based work. So there's some BTEC qualification. I mean, I'm not too knowledgeable about this, but there's some BTEC qualifications which require you to have very physical and hand, hands-on skills. Maybe something like as a plumbing or building or brickwork or some core course like that. You know, they're very sort of hands-on and a lot of people find them easier as opposed to sort of written or like sort of... Uh, sort of traditional education is what they find themselves struggling with. So, I mean, taking away BTEC, that is, um, I mean, it's going to be challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, it's going to be a problem for people like me who struggle with exam-based education. So, like, as I said, that I know some people that do the course with me and BTEC is it's all about mainly, like... Uh, it's more like hands-on, yeah. so... Yeah, it requires less of sort of, you could say, less... Mm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to put this, but obviously it does require revision and hard work, but it's, it takes the pressure off some students because they know that they won't have to sit a big exam at the end which will determine what grade they get. They can know that they can sort of progress and sort of work harder towards the qualification that they'll gain at the end of it. Yeah. And also just sort of from some news article and some sort of what people are saying in the media are saying that I mean more disadvantaged students are probably the people that have the most to lose you know people that live in disadvantaged areas have disadvantaged backgrounds they have the most to lose because maybe they rely on those qualifications to probably gain jobs I mean people who you could say are more well off may could possibly have other options of what they want to do in terms of maybe some apprenticeships they could access other things they could access but for disadvantaged students it will be very difficult because maybe they rely on those sort of qualifications which relate to a trade. So, for example, like I was talking about before, plumbing, maybe building or some uh, BTEC courses like that, which are very hands-on and which, you know, you're sort of guaranteed to maybe get, you can make a decent living out of. You know, a lot of disadvantaged students rely on those sort of qualifications to sort of begin their career and, and to sort of uh, progress. Yeah. So, what do you think about that, about in terms of disadvantaged pupils and people? It's going to be a huge disadvantage to those people that, like, won't be able to do exams. And, because BTEC purely just is more based on coursework. So, people like, you know, uh, you'll have to, you'll need to have, like, extra time. With BTEC, you need, like, a lot of time at home to do the coursework. All hands-on thing, physically, you're working, like, it's like... With me, I do IT and business. And with business, it's 60% coursework and 40% exam. Now, that 40%, I find that difficult now. So, doing the exam, that, that was difficult for me. But with the coursework, it was, for me, it was all straightforward. You know, you got, all, you got your books, you got everything. You got your resources. So, you got, yeah, exactly, you got your resources. And, like, you just have to have time, you know? You have to put in time and effort to do the coursework. Yeah. I mean, 60%, that's, that's a big proportion of, you know, your overall grade. Um, maybe 40% exam, you might struggle on, but then you can always boost that grade with the coursework. Yeah. I think that's what some people rely on. So, yeah, it's going to be hard. And MP said this, that BTECs are engines of social mobility. So essentially, what that means is they are sort of powering what some people need to sort of mobilise themselves in society, to sort of steady themselves once they leave school. They need those sort of uh, BTEC or sort of course-based, coursework-based qualifications to help them. So, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be hard for a lot of people. And also talking about doing the BTEC, you know, a lot of um, jobs nowadays, like I've applied for apprenticeships and, you know, and a lot of jobs that require you to have experience in it so have you had any, have you done any anything like any oh like a lot of jobs will will, will want to see that if you had any work experience within that type of you know uh, subject so let's say you're going to do an IT 
uh, apprenticeship and the the apprentice the apprenticeship will look at if you have any they're going to be asking you if you had any work experience within that field yeah so btech it, it helps you because while you're doing physically you're physically working on course works and stuff it, it will give you that work literally like a work environmental thing it will introduce you to the work environment yeah i can understand some btechs maybe some sort of apprenticeship based subjects which maybe aren't btechs but they yeah they'll they'll introduce you to the sort of work environment and when you're at this sort of crucial young age yeah it helps a lot and just moving away from what we're saying now to the sort of yeah the focus of this topic which is that btech's gonna be taken away from the education system post 16 and uh, what they're being replaced with is t-level so with the T-levels, it's been saying in the media that no one really knows what they are. It's not a tried and tested method. It's just sort of a way to maybe replace BTECs. So do you think this is a sort of hasty decision that the government are taking? But what, like, what I want to understand is that what are these T-levels? Will they have any coursework within them or is it just exams? Same as like A-levels or something? Or will it be the same as BTEC? I mean, from my understanding and what it says now, I've got, actually got open the government website, which is, and says that T-levels are new courses which follow GCSEs and are equivalent to three A-levels. So yeah, the level three courses, these are two-year courses that have been developed in collaboration with employers so that the content meets the needs of industry and prepares students for work. They offer a mixture of classroom learning and on-the-job experience. And uh, also there'll be an industry placement which will follow that. So in time, students will be able to take a T-level in accounting, agriculture, animal care, catering, craft design, digital and development for engineering and manufacturing. So there's a lot of sort of the possibility of what T-levels are, but I don't see quite how they sort of work like. Yeah, I understand what what they're trying to say, but I need to understand that how how is this T levels gonna be? Is it gonna be like the like B techs or like A levels where it's gonna be exam based? And okay. like I've heard, I also have heard that with the T levels, you're gonna to have to have a. I'm not sure how many weeks, but they said a few weeks. You're gonna to have to have a work experience. They're gonna take you on a work experience. Now that's gonna be quite difficult because if a lot of students take um, a T levels. How are they all going to have a work experience within that field? Let's say they're going to do T-levels in uh, accounting, accountancy. Now, now the college will have to go around looking for work experience for that particular course, accounting for these students, which is going to be difficult if you think about it because there's going to be a lot of students taking T-levels. Not all students will have the capability of doing A-levels. Yeah, I can understand what you're trying to say and also that what's been said here on the government website isn't very direct, it's sort of vague, you know, they've said that it'll be a mixture of classroom learning and on-the-job experience, I mean, so it's essentially similar to an an apprenticeship really, I mean, it, it, it could also be sort of similar to a BTEC, I mean, well, hopefully, the way that, yeah. that BTECs have been operating for like a number of years has been helping a lot of people and so I don't really see why there's a need for them to scrap them and then introduce this other qualification of T-levels. But I mean, from some of the reasonings that the government has put forward, you can sort of build a picture of what they're trying to promote and what they're trying to push forward. So obviously, you know, on this show, we don't want to just give one opinion, which is maybe sort of our biased opinion. We want to put sort of all arguments surrounding this topic so obviously the listeners can make an informed decision we want the listeners we want to hear what the listeners think about this no we'll give you all the information and then based on that you can sort of make your own decision so from my understanding is that funding will be removed from level three qualifications that overlap with a levels from 2024 so basically essentially what that is is a lot of funding will be removed from level three qualifications that are not a levels essentially so that's your BTECs and yeah, so maybe some other qualifications as well. And that's from 2024. So I think originally that date was a bit more forward. So it was a bit closer. Yeah. But now because of what 
some people and some teachers and some ministers are saying they have decided to push that back a bit so maybe some pressure has been put on the government to move that back and, and the government believes that qualifications are not adequate for employers so what that means is essentially they believe that BTECs they're not adequate enough for employers I mean and what's your opinion on that what do you think about that I think that's silly because if you think about it when doing BTEC doing coursework it's all hands on it's all hands on work like um, the, uh, job, uh, other jobs should like really appreciate BTECs coming in and applying for like let's say jobs or apprenticeships or whatever, because they have that experience where they know how to handle work how to work under pressure because a lot of jobs ask this question like are you able to work under pressure but while doing BTEC like I, I have to do an assignment uh, let's say I have to do an assignment in one week I have to do an assignment that's like minimum 6,000 words and now that's a lot of now that's a lot of words I have to uh, write about because that, that's me working under pressure there so a job should really be like you know they should be appreciative to uh, BTECs I mean the argument from the government side is that BTECs in terms of BTECs there are too many BTECs I mean from what I've been looking at there are around 4,000 BTECs and what the government is trying to say is that that's not too direct enough for skilled labour so skilled labour is obviously jobs that require a certain skill set and that can sort of be achieved from maybe taking BTECs but what the government is trying to say is that many BTEC qualifications are not direct enough some of them are sort of very obviously some of them which are could are more direct so in terms of plumbing that is very indirect there's only sort of one outcome in terms of jobs that that can achieve maybe but some BTECs they're becoming too vague which is why the government is trying to say that they're not adequate enough for employers because if uh someone is coming with a certain qualification yeah. which is very sort of so, sort of similar to what the job application is requiring but they don't have the certain skill set because that's not what taught in the course that they chose so then you know it's difficult for employers and it's difficult for students to for post uh you know after they've left college looking for a job you know it will be difficult now uh, let's move away from talking about students. Let's talk about in the teacher's perspective now. Now, when uh, when talking about BTECs now, there are a lot of uh, uh, teachers that teach BTEC. Well, what's going to happen about their jobs? Like, do you think like they'll still have their job, or will they have to go and find another job? I mean, I think in terms of jobs, it won't be too difficult. Maybe they'll assist these teachers in shifting to the sort of T-level way of teaching, I suppose, you know, possibly. I mean, a lot of people have been expressing their anger. They don't want that to happen. But, yeah, the government is pretty pretty firm on what they're doing and they've proposed a plan until 2024, which is when BTEX will be sort of taken out of the education system. You know, the government has tried to understand the perspective of some ministers and teachers about BTEC. So what they've proposed as a sort of as a sort of way to sort of console the teachers into thinking that, you know, all the students all the students will be left without sort of adequate qualifications is that they've proposed to provide funding for some BTECs. So not all BTECs will be without funding. Majority of them will but some BTECs, they will need to demonstrate their quality to receive funding. So funding will be taken away from, from my understanding, the vast majority of BTECs, but there will be some that will, that will be able to be a part of the education system. But what they'll need to, they'll need to demonstrate how sort of crucial they are. So I think maybe some BTECs which are more popular than others, maybe lead to better career sort of insights, maybe maybe they will stay within the education system. Now, also, I've also heard that, you know, Luton Sixth Form is making a petition 
where BTEX should stay and not be scrapped. What's your take on that? So yeah, from my understanding, they've been uh, wanting to push people to sign this petition. And this petition will mean that this issue of what people have been seeing as sort of disastrous for many people in our local community and, you know, apart from this local community as well, it will be disastrous for a lot of young people. So, yeah, they've been pushing for this petition. And once this petition reaches 100,000 signatures, which I believe it has reached 100,000 signatures, this issue will be debated in Parliament and then maybe some sort of some sort of conclusion can be reached regarding BTEX. Maybe there might it could be a possible government U-turn on the decision. So yeah, Luton Sixth Form have been pushing a lot because, you know, a lot of there have been a, there's a lot of young people in the Luton community which see BTEX as a sort of next step in education after they leave school. So yeah. What's your take? So yeah, so it's good that uh, Luton Sixth Form are doing this because as they they understand also that not a lot of students are able to do exams, you know. Yeah, I've also seen on Instagram and Twitter that Luton Sixth Form they have been trying to protect students' choice. And uh, what that basically means is they want students have the ability to choose how they want to shape their future and what sort of subjects they want to pick. So I think that's a good initiative that they've been doing. They've been getting a lot of people to sign it and from the principal himself, he's been pushing this cause a lot and I think it's good. And now that we have the 100,000 signature target has actually been reached, so this issue will actually be debated in Parliament. So I think it'll be good. It'll be good for the government to maybe see that possibly what they've decided could be quite detrimental to a lot of people. Yeah, basically, yeah, Luton Sixth Form are doing a good thing here now. As you know, they're supporting the students, the ones that are doing basically BTEC. Yeah, so I think it's a good thing that they're doing, you know, they're supporting the students. So, yeah, you know, it's a good initiative. So hopefully, you know, so you're doing Sixth Form, doing good things, you know. I mean, it's, it's a very important issue. I mean, BTEC, you know, a lot of students rely on those BTEC. So, yeah. Yeah, I showed on this first edition of our show has been very serious. We've been talking about two very serious issues yeah. that have faced this country, you could say. I mean, they don't really necessarily apply to young people, but, you know, it's our first show. We were just, you know, discussing things that we could say, so we decided to go take a more sort of current affair approach. Obviously, the second topic did sort of concern young people, which is why we included it, but... In other editions and later editions of this show, we will be including other topics which really sort of concern the youth. So, yeah, and we will be inviting guests on the show. So maybe if this show has been a bit too serious for you, don't worry. In the coming weeks, it will be a bit more lighthearted. And obviously, as me and my co-host, we do get a bit more used to the sort of role of uh, presenting a radio show. So, uh, inshallah, over the coming weeks, we will be getting, you know, more comfortable with the way... Uh, you know, the way of presenting a show, the way of sort of relaying information to the listeners. So, yeah, hopefully it will be, the show will progress over time and maybe get you know, a bit more lighthearted. You know, the show's been very serious, this edition anyway. So, yeah, over the coming weeks, we will be introducing new topics. We'll be inviting some of the youth onto the show, hopefully. Any topics you want to talk about, please do leave suggestions. Because, yeah, I mean, we we can tell you what we think you want to hear, but... Obviously, it's more important that we get your opinion, you know, the youth's opinion on what topics they want to discuss in this show. And obviously, over the coming weeks as well, we will be hoping to go live. Obviously, this show is pre-recorded because we're still getting to these, you know, used to the whole sort of presenting part. But, you know, over the coming weeks, the show will go out, will begin to go out live. Then we can take your live suggestions, you can have callers on the show, and then hopefully the show will progress into something a bit more... Fun, yeah, I guess you could say. So this show aims so to talk to the youth and to basically engage with them and talk about what's happening around the youth and what's their perspective of what's going on around the youth. So in this show, we covered two good topics, which was about the first one talking about Boris Johnson, 
and having a party. Well, we know that's unacceptable. The other thing, the other topic we talked about was about how the government want VTEC to be scrapped and they want to bring in a new T level, which, to my opinion, it's not very good as, as I said before, you know, a lot of students. So a lot of students, they struggle with doing A-levels and they would prefer doing B-Tech. And now that there's this new T-level coming out, I don't, I don't think like a lot of B-Tech students would like it. And, I'm a, and a, lot of, a lot of students in sixth form college are doing B-Tech courses as they find doing coursework and practical work more easy for them. So this show is mainly aimed for the youth. And we want your perspective on these topics as it would be good if the youth come and uh, give their perspective on things like this. So now I know that this show has been a bit serious, talking about serious topics right now. And but in the future, we will be getting hopefully getting guests on the show and we will be introducing different segments on the show. So this show can be fun so that's all we have for today and jazakallah khair for listening to our brand new show so mohsin any last words uh yeah just like you said you know the show has been a bit serious we've been taking maybe taking a bit too seriously this first edition but we just wanted to sort of introduce an introduction of the show so in the coming weeks hopefully like uh, uh Hussam said we'll be getting some guests on you know guests who are the youth essentially you know some and we'll also be getting some guests when we talk about more serious topics surrounding the youth affecting the youth so yeah in the coming weeks hopefully the show will be a bit more interesting for the listeners so yeah uh any last words Hussam? So Jazakallah for listening to our show and we will see you next time. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.